Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat. I am your host this week for the first time ever, Tom Marks. Hi, everybody. We all decided welcome. to clap. Too much. We actually didn't coordinate this. We thought <laughs> well, about it in our heads, but we decided to give you a ceremonial clap. That made sense. Reverse. Well, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Uh, this is episode 454 of NBC. Joining me today is Mr. Brendan Graber. Hey, what's up? 
Not a lot, actually. Really? It's just, you know, just well, hanging out. for me? Also joining us is Seth Macy. Hello. The lone representative of IGN's main office. Mm-hmm. That's right. True. Which is just your living room. Uh, it's my home office. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Mr. Brian Altano. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Thanks a lot. How are you? How have you been? I've been good. It's been warm, but uh, but I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm excited to be back in the the hosting chair after years of not hosting podcasts. It's I agree. It's good to have you here. I'm excited yeah. to see you host. Aw. Well, now there's too you much can, pressure. Do it. Let's dial it back. Dial it back a little bit. I'm um, um, meh. You might okay. suck. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it you, could go <laughs> it could go bad. It could go really bad. You never know. know. I mean, it might, right? Keep watching to find out. <laughs> uh, this week we are talking about SteamWorld Quest, yes. which has finally come out. We put out a review uh, that I wrote earlier this week. Uh, we'll also be talking about uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate's update. Specifically, I wanted to dig into the level editor a little bit because we talked a little bit about Joker. We knew a little bit more about that. But last week when we were on the show, we didn't really have a chance to actually use the level editor. Right. Uh, and we're going to talk about Joker a little bit too, but mostly... There's some there's some weird things coming out of that level letter, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll also talk about uh, Mortal Kombat 11 on Switch uh, because there's been mixed reports about that. But uh, we've got lots more to talk about. We're taking your questions as well, so stick around. But first, let's start with SteamWorld Quest. Uh, it's a good game. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I reviewed it. See, this is usually the part where I'm so used to somebody being like, Tom reviewed that game. What did yeah. you give it, Tom? And Tom, like, what did you I can queue you it. up if you want. Yeah, please. Tom, you've been playing SteamWorld Quest. You even reviewed it for us here at IGN, <laughs> which you can check out at IGN.com slash SteamWorld Quest slash review. Not a real URL. <laughs> what did you think of the game? <laughs> I, I liked it. I, I gave it an 8.6. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I, and you guys have all been playing it a bit, too. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for, for sort of transparency here, SteamWorld Quest, uh, the new game from Image Inform, who have done many SteamWorld games in the past, the SteamWorld Cinematic Universe, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, SteamWorld Dig uh, 1 and 2 are two of my favorite modern Metroidvania games. Um, I would say two of the best games in the in, in the entire genre. And then there's also uh, Steam... I'm always forgetting Heist. Heist. SteamWorld Heist, which is a lot more strategy-driven. Yeah, it's like 2D XCOM, yeah. pretty much. And so they've effectively built this universe uh, with this art style, which they've now applied to different genres, and this is their take on the card PG. That's a, a good way of putting it. And there's I'm gonna also, let you do the rest from here. There's the there's the <laughs> oft forgotten Steam World Tower Defense. I did not remember that because it is oft forgotten. That was a game that came out, and I think it was 2010 for the DS DSi back oh, then. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, yeah I do and not that remember was, that at all. That was their first game. That was also the first Steam World game, and then they had one iOS game between that and Dig, and then when they did Dig, is kind of when it popped off and since dig they've only done steam world games right wow uh what have you guys so i i liked it a lot obviously you can read my review on ign.com to to see kind of why i liked it i think it brings a lot of choice is kind of one of the main reasons but what what about you guys how, how have you been digging it uh i've been i digging see what it. you did there <laughs> <laughs> i played it on the uh, on the flight here and uh, i didn't really know what to expect because i actually never played a steam world game oh wow yeah i know it's my horrible well, confession thankfully you don't have to no 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 not at all all. they're all linked but it's sort of just for funsies linked right you don't need to have played all of them to get into this one (laughs) or anything like that no it's a it's a ton of fun and i'm like kind of looking forward to my flight next Mm -hmm. time because i have all this free time to play it um the best thing was about i don't know 15 minutes into the tutorial when it told you how to run (laughs) 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 that changed that made me like really like the game right crazy how much just move speed changes a, like your impression of a game sometimes. Yeah. I was playing this game on Steam called Superland a couple weeks ago, and you don't 
you get to a, an ability that doubles your movement speed about 10 minutes into the game. And before that, I was like, this game is bad. And then I got the ability and I was like, this game is okay. Yep. <laughs> it yep. was just like instantly different. Uh, I'm trying to sort of uh, wrap my head around how to explain this game to the audience for the sort of uninitiated of uh, kind of what other games it reminds me of. Because mm. I think it has like a little bit of Paper Mario to it. It's got a little bit of sort of Child of Light as well. Um, but then the card, the card system makes it sort of uh, a, a different than those games. A little bit Slay yeah. the Spire too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so basically, you are you build this party out, and you move through these sort of linear environments that uh, are gridded out by the very system, a uh, very like sort of simple map. And you fight enemies, and you queue up uh, cards, and using combinations, you take them down and move on. And there's like optional areas that you can skip, but you can also replay entire chapters or stages at the same time, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so from there, the depth goes into sort of what moves you want to use, what party members you want to use, all that fun stuff. It's And this is this is something that kind of surprised me about it, was that it, it is a pretty thin RPG in the, the overall sense, right? Yeah. It's not a, not a complex game. It's really the combat and the building your decks and choosing your moves and what order do you play cards and what how do you build your party. You obviously haven't gotten to the party part of it yet, but uh, all of that stuff is really where the the depth of that game comes from. And everything else after that, around that and out of that, is is just a little sort of surface level, if right. you will. Not bad by any means. Just like not like not something like a Final Fantasy where you're exploring these vast worlds and you're right. getting all of these items. You get some items, but it's like you get one weapon and two equipables, and it's it's all very, very simple, which mm -hmm. I think is intentional. Yeah. 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 At the risk of, of outing myself uh, for my, my taste that you can pick apart, I don't usually go for card battle games, mm -hmm. nor most like JRPG style, like party, choose your party, and have to pick your powers. Like, I don't like a game where like I get like five party members, I can only use three, and I never see the guys again. Like, okay, I'm, I don't I'm actually, have to level I'm you with up. you. So yeah. because this is very thin mm -hmm. and it simplifies a lot of things, I actually had a lot more fun than I thought I would. Me too. Oh, interesting. Because everyone has every character has eight cards they bring to the table for your entire deck. And they get recycled pretty fast. So you don't have to go like, okay, well, which five hundred cards do I to pick through? Like, no, I just picked out eight ones for per character that I think synergize the best. And I can swap on the fly. I'm like, okay, I like this. I, I like being able to say, this isn't working. I need to go back and change. Let's give this guy a better uh, you know, special attack versus this character needs more building up special meter. I think that actually worked out really well for me. And I really ended up enjoying myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm a sucker for a novel battle system. That's why like, I gave Octopath Traveler a 9.3 when I reviewed mm -hmm. it because I love that game because it has like this crazy novel like twist on the battle system. And I kind of feel that same... Um, like satisfaction in you know playing this when I I'm like oh well if I play this card then I won't get the the combo mm -hmm. so do I want to like hit him with the you know hit him with this or hit him with that and then you know it, it shakes things up and there's always that like that uh, the bit of randomness to it as well just from having it like being it's a, it's a deck building game mm -hmm. right that with graphics it's pretty cool yeah I think the the entire notion of a sort of like streamlined take on the traditional RPG genre is something that's like very sort of understated and underappreciated in the video game industry because they are historically these massive 90 hour things yeah. and these <laughs> epic quests and this huge saga and all this stuff like that and then I find myself over the, over time gravitating towards like my favorite RPG of the last few years is like Stick of Truth 
the South Park <laughs> game. Um, because that is a, like a, the ten and a half hour RPG. And uh, to me, it gives me all of the sort of highs and lows of a Final Fantasy game um, in a very truncated, condensed form. Um, and I, I felt like the combat was just as fun. And so like I, I sort of got like tinglings of that with this game where I was sort of like, this is this is a this is a large RPG, like sort of squashed down to something consumable. And something that where I don't feel like I am spending hours and hours meandering, and I can sort of focus on like the great parts of this game. The mm. last RPG I played was Persona Five, and it took me 120 hours. <laughs> this is what I'm talking wow. about. This yeah. one took me 17, and I was like, great. Yeah. And I, I probably could have played it for another 20 and been really happy with it. Like I wasn't bored of it, but I do agree. I think this is a nice length. It's mm-hmm. a it's a cool sized game in this day and age for an RPG. Yeah. A, a question I wanted to put to you guys is. Uh, and one of the things that I see saw a lot in the comments of the review and also people responding to me on Twitter when I tweeted about the review and all that jazz uh, was, are you fans of card games generally? And, you know, do you think you need to be a card game fan or a fan of something like Slay the Spire in order to enjoy a game like no. this? No. No, I don't I think, think so. I, I, yeah, as I said, I wasn't. So I was kind of preparing for the worst. Right. Like, right. Uh, I really liked Fantasy Star Online one and two. And then when they came out with three and there was a car battle, like, no, this is terrible. Get, me out, get <laughs> out of here. Or they did it with like, you know, Pokemon trading card battle. Like I never got into that either. I, so I, I was, hated Chain of Memories for a similar reason and I love card games. Yeah, like I, I didn't like the prospect, but I think the way that this is so streamlined and it's quick, you aren't going like, okay, let's look at my, my hand for a while. Which one do I want? Should I do right. this card? It's just like, bam, bam, bam. You're like chained together, yeah. together spells. You're swapping things on the fly if you don't like them anymore. They give you lots of abilities that just kind of like rack up damage so you don't feel like you're just doing nothing for like five turns mm-hmm. i love like the chain abilities where if you play three cards or one character they have an added bonus that goes out and it kind of allows you to experiment and also kind of like change how your character behaves like you don't have to have like a mage and a tank and a healer you can have someone who deals damage and their chain shields everybody up right mm-hmm. so i don't have to waste time waste time going like okay better like raise my attack power for a one whole turn and do nothing like i like the speed of this game. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a nice clip. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys aren't uh, you aren't intimidated by something like the deck building cuz I know that this the deck building screen is and this is not a dig uh, against this game. I'm going to use that joke as many times as I there. can. Uh, <laughs> but the deck Until building Until it runs screen, out of steam. <laughs> <laughs> looks it looks a lot like Hearthstone. It's modeled kind of after that UI yeah. a little bit. I think quite inten- intentionally cuz it's just it's good UI in general. Uh, but that part wasn't intimidating to you either. I, no. I I appreciate you already mentioned the fact that it's only eight cards mm-hmm. is really helps with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I do mean, get a lot of cards after a while, and so yeah. eventually you're kind of like, I only have eight to choose from. Just do one and one and one, and like you want to go, oh, what about what about that one? I just got that one. So it can be kind of nerve wracking to just get a new card and go, well, do I have room for it in my deck? Should I experiment for a while? But I think you get used to it, and you learn like with which what synergizes with your current loadout and what doesn't you can just say it for another day we're like okay, right this isn't working let me go back to the drawing board mm-hmm. uh, i wanted to talk a little bit about the steam world games as a whole too because we mentioned them earlier uh really quick image and form has just proven that they can make a good game yeah. right they've made six games this is their sixth and every one of them has received at least an 8.0 from ign uh the or excuse me except for the ios game anthill which we didn't review but has like over four stars on the ios store it's a very very popular game um they they've just basically every time like even if you're not a huge fan of it they're making they make good quality games yeah so my question is 
where do they go from here? Where does the Steam World Series go from here? So this is wild speculation territory. And it's always rude. I know if the Image Inform guys are listening, it's always like, <laughs> all right, you did this one. What's next? Come on. I know, but right? But these guys, like, they release a new game every two years. They work I, at yeah, a the, fast clip. They're they're very prolific, and, and uh, they have incredible quality standards as well, which is really cool to see. I'm going to be that, like, idiot guy who's just like make the thing that i like the most <laughs> um which i know like as as artists which they, they have a studio you know composed of people like that they're probably they probably made quest because they're like we've done two dig games in a row let's do something kind of new for us let's like you know flex some different muscles and try out some some new things and i'm like that's great it's very good i really enjoyed it thanks a lot make steam world dig three <laughs> <laughs> no and like i hate to say that because like that you know that they are probably like this is our chance to make to spread our wings and to make all these different genres and i'm like i know and you should but you're amazing <laughs> keep digging amazing please. yeah keep digging um yeah i just really i think that like steam world quest is like a very good game and i think that steam world dig 2 is an amazing game like I think it's like one of it's one of my favorite games on Switch. It's one of my favorite games of this generation. Like it's just a phenomenal game, and so I want more like that. I'm also more I'm more of like a action platforming Metroidvania guy that I am. Like the best card RPG in the world is always going to be second place to like me playing a game where I can explore tunnels for hours on end, <laughs> right. find secrets, and fight bosses. And that's fair enough. Mm-hmm. That's that's World taste. Tunnel. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ooh. I just like the entire loop of going down there and digging and bringing treasures up and selling them and upgrading myself and going deeper and digging and like it's just it's such a it's such a fun take. Also, making a Metroidvania game that like you can sort of carve your own path through um, instead of having to play something that's been pre-designed is like I think really cool. Anyway, that's it's a great game. You guys should check it out. <laughs> uh, but make whatever you want. Two things come out to me. One is that. I would love to see uh, Nintendo take their whole recent licensing Ooh. deal further and give them an actual like first-party property to tinker around with, like Metroid, Metroid Cross, Steam World, Universe mm-hmm. Collide, Ooh. plus Rabbids, even like the Battle Pikmin. <laughs> see, honestly, I you say that I just want Image Inform to make the next Paper Mario game. Mm. Oh, that'd be good too. Right? Okay, I'm in. I'm into that. I also like how every game they've done besides one and two for Steam World Dig has been like a weird cross combination. They have mm-hmm. Wild West digging Metroidvania. They have Space Pirate XCOM 2D style. And now they have Fantasy Adventure Card Battle JRPG. So I want the next one to be another crazy mix that sounds insane but will actually work. So Steam World Cowboy Samus with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, but, uh, but with a better name. Steam World uh, Pirate Attorney Investigations. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I'm into it. Uh, Seth, any guesses? Any wild speculation? Where they go from here? Yeah. What genre, theme, anything? Oh man, um, battle royale. <laughs> <laughs> 2D battle royale. I think we can end on that. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, actually, real quick, I do want to say. Uh, so, the Steam World Quest, when this comes out, will have come out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've asked us not to spoil the intro. It's not like a huge thing, but there is a mention in it of pirates, like as just an offhanded, like the, the, someone's asking to hear a story, and they're like, "You want to hear another pirate story?" And he's like, "No, nah, I want to hear one about dragons." And like, I think they might be Tell teasing a pirate game. Pirate oh. attorney investigations. Maybe it's I'm way happen. off base with that, but I think I'm like a pirate objection, like, like high seas robots digging and. <laughs> Digging the water, like a Metroidvania pirate. Steamworld Scuba. That okay? 
Yeah. So one thing we have learned today is that we're all very bad at coming up with video games. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. We're good at other things sometimes as well. Sometimes. Oh, Occasionally. I dig it. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Mortal Kombat 11. Brendan, you've been playing a lot of Mortal Kombat 11. You've been playing a little bit of it on Switch. Uh, we, of course, did review that. Mitchell Saltzman, our fighting game guru in the office, reviewed it. He gave it a 9.0, liked it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that basically the the summary actually I think I wrote it down let me read it oh, out for you it's almost you like I prepared uh, he said the the verdict or the end of his review was Mortal Kombat 11 is the best game in the 27 year old series thanks to deep methodical new mechanics and fun story so wow. he really did like it I think the main complaints came with from sort of grinding grindiness of its tower and the, some of the microtransaction stuff yeah the, but ultimately I mean, there's, there's been a lot of pushback against the economy in this game yeah which is uh, essentially a lot of like grinding for sort of uh cosmetic items that um are effectively palette swaps most of the time and right. also like like getting weapons that you can't use for long and then having to use other things and all, all of that just feels like something that um they're already a, a patching um, to begin with, but also looking at the the Metacritic for like, critical reception of this game versus user scores is something like like eight versus two point four. Yeah, like there's it's it's getting but, it's getting sort of negative re- review bomb because of the the sort of MTX stuff. In there's this a lot of reasons I think for some of the review bombing that I've heard. Of. I noticed. Yeah, some are weirder than others. Some are <laughs> some are wildly political about mm-hmm. a game where a theater actor and a robot and a woman fight a ghoul, but <laughs> sure. And a bug woman. Yeah. You uh, s- spend your time on Earth as you will. <laughs> <laughs> However you want to. That's I don't judge. It's fine. Uh, but I guess what I should segue into is that the, the Switch version from what I've seen has its share of problems. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the uh, port, real quick, the port was made by Shiver Entertainment. Shiver uh, is owned by, it's a studio owned by WB Games as far as I understand it. Mm-hmm. The only other thing that I could find, I scoured the internet trying to see what they had worked on, and the only other thing I could find was Scribblenauts Showdown was their game. Hmm. Oh, okay. Um, and which is the most recent yeah. Scribblenauts, I believe, uh, and was the first one to kind of leave Nintendo platforms and go to other platforms as well. So they were responsible for that, and then... They ported Mortal Kombat 11, is, it seems to be the history behind that. Right. And please report. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to try and contextualize this. The fighting game part of Mortal Kombat on Switch feels fine. The the one-on-one battles. So the actual responsiveness. The actual responsiveness. Okay. I didn't see a lot of slowdown or anything like that. It felt pretty smooth. The graphics, you know, weren't the best, but they were right. pretty serviceable. Which is like it's that's like the stake part of the stake house. Yeah. Right. And then like when <laughs> like, they go into okay. like the uh, the fatalities or the the brutal finishers, like you can see like it goes into a cutscene kind of like a lower resolution yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit. Uh-huh. But you know, for the most part, I was like, okay, this works. This is okay. Um, then I went to the crypt, which is like where they ha- they randomly made a third-person adventure puzzle loot box simulator where you wander around an island to Just spend what, your hard-earned currencies after. <laughs> to open chests that may contain fatalities, <laughs> or maybe they'll contain a little doodad or a combat card for your online profile. And to to really pitch people on this, because it's, it's kind of... I didn't really understand it until you showed it to me. Mm-hmm. This is like a full-on new mode where you do not see these characters from the side. You see them from behind, like God of War or <laughs> Tomb Raider, and they're running around basically this large environment 
uh, opening treasure chests and doing puzzles. Yeah. Um, Which is odd for Mortal the franchise. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> um, and uh, when you play this on consoles, like, there is a full skybox. And by that, I mean, like, you know, you can see off into the distance. You can see, like, you're, you're in Shang Tsung's Island from Mortal Kombat 1. So yeah. you see, like, you see some familiar locales. There's, like, the, the blood pit. There's mm-hmm. a sh- big shining moon of volcano. If you're on Switch, it looks more like God of War 1. Yeah. Or there is Turok, no skybox. There is just War, yeah. fog. Yeah. Their resolutions are extremely muddy. Like, the rock caverns look like they're made out of potatoes. Mm-hmm. It is mm. it is astounding uh, to put briefly. Like, I know this is our first time making a weird third-person adventure in a fighting game, but I'm just kind of flabbergasted if this can game, if the Switch can run things like Doom and Warframe and make an open-world Breath of the Wild, how this looks this muddy down and so... For a better word, it's ugly. Yeah, and e- there's still slow. Yeah, it doesn't look good. So it looks like things are about to pop in textures, but they never do. If if I may, does that mean that Mortal Kombat 11 is the current front runner for prettiest game of 2019 and ugliest game of 2019? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean possibly because I think that like what the the studio has accomplished on Switch in the core game is with a K is uh, <laughs> is incredible with also with a K. So. <laughs> um, and that's like. I think it's sort of like amazing to see this game running on Switch when you're just playing the fighting game parts, mm-hmm. right? Like that's actually really cool. Again with a K. Mm. But if you're if you jump into the crypt, which is canonically with a K <laughs> in the game, spelled with a K. Is um, it actually? Yes, it is. Yeah, of course oh, it is. No. So are consumables yeah. with a K. Um, <laughs> characters no with a K. Uh, yeah. Does treasure chest? Does it K H E S T? Like no, they don't do soft. I H. will say though that <laughs> in the in the crypt you go. There's an area called the courtyard. With a C. What? I don't get it. I think it was a misspelling. I'm really upset. <laughs> it's a typo. <laughs> they should patch that. They really should. Uh, they are patching a few things about the crypt uh, for all versions where they're going to make, because they're like, there's three different currencies that you have to obtain to open chests. Those are your, your random coins. Then you also need hearts mm-hmm. for certain <laughs> heart chests. Uh-huh. And you need soul fragments for soul vaults, like green things. Sure, sure. And it's just like, okay, there's a little much. And everything in this most things i should say i'm trying to do the wiki for this place it's giving me nightmares most chests you find are randomized in there and what they have in them to the fact that if i find a chest with a uh, brutality and a fatality in the palace entrance you may open that same chest and find something completely different Wait, you may find your chest with the brutality and fatality off in the dungeon somewhere you're gonna have to explain this to to me and others how do you find a fatality in a treasure chest? It, it gives you a little <laughs> business card with, like, do this move. Oh, and, and it teaches oh. you an actual... No, you open the box and someone just jumps out and rips <laughs> your spine out. There actually are little jump scares like that, so be really? warned. Yeah, someone just... Wait, so are these moves that your character, with a K, can't do until uh, you open up these chests? They are... And get the business the card The button inputs are not shown to you. You can actually do them. We you have a wonderful oh, list okay. at IGN oh, Wikis for Mortal Kombat 11 with every fatality list that you can do. But uh, when you look at the move list on your in your game menu, you won't actually see the button inputs until you unlock the secondary fatality or the brutality. So it's not just like your character. Your character doesn't have to learn these things. No. Like they're just they're online. We have them. Wait, mm-hmm. wait, wait, wait. So that means that you could open a box and get a tangible thing like a skin or an item. Or you could open a box and get a piece of instruction. instructions that you could have looked up online. Yes. Yeah. 
that's lame. It kind of is. <laughs> Be sure to. But drink people love those fatalities. <laughs> um, but then I guess they're going to uh, hopefully soon patch. You know how you get the currency for these chests, right? And maybe clarify better. I think some chests okay. are static, and some chests are not. Uh, which is very confusing because you just don't know what you're going to get. And like, it would be nice to be able to say, like, oh, I have coins. If I open these chests, I'll probably get a skin. Mm. Whereas these chests, I'll probably get this. It doesn't tell you that. And it's kind of annoying to try and figure out, like, nobody wants, like, a little, like, combat icon with, like, Johnny Cage's face to put on your internet profile. Like, <laughs> does, do people really want Speak that for when, yourself. when I'm looking for, like, a brutality or a skin or something like that? Like, I don't um, know. One more question I had about this is sure. there's a, a lot of talk about a lot of the modes being sort of tethered to kind of, uh, forced online connection stuff. Yeah, uh, because yeah, how, how does that is that how does that work on Switch? Like uh, if, I'm pl- if I play this game on like a flight, like you will am not I be, be able to access the crypt or the towers of time, which is like they're randomly changing online towers that give you different rewards and are okay. Uh, but you can still just have like a battle, like a fighting. Yeah, you can still do this the main story mode, mm-hmm. uh, the classic crypt tower or classic towers, and then like, you know, uh, local battles and whatever. But there are certain areas you can only access when you're online because of those chests that you open. They don't uh, want you to yeah. basically like reload an old save file and or mess with it and go like, oh I didn't actually open it. I they it's all server side. Wow. So when you open up a chest or you finish a battle in the Towers of Time, it pings the server to go, okay, this is your rewards. You are now locked into that. Sweet. My so, question is, uh, did the Nintendo version replace the blood with sweat? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice for a paintball mode. You know, it would be kind of cool if they would like throw that in as a little Easter egg. Like yeah. You could turn on s- sweat mode. The thing is, like, this game is so much more violent than just the blood. So it would be really weird if there's just only sweat. Like (laughs) somebody rips out somebody's spine and just sweat comes out. It's like, all right, that's odd. Uh, I know you haven't spent the bulk of your time with the Switch version, Mm -hmm. but I think the the be-all, end-all question is, do you think that this game is – would you recommend it on Switch in its current state? There was I some would, talk on the on the NBC forums about maybe you should wait till some stuff gets changed or mm-hmm. patched out. And yeah, like, I don't know how much patching is going to solve some of the switches. You like the crypt? Like I don't know if you could patch to make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had the option between say any other console and Switch, mm-hmm. I'd probably recommend getting the other consoles. That said, functionally the game works on Switch. Yeah, and the fact that it works in a handheld mode is incredible. Yeah. I mean, I can't not say that like it's pretty crazy that you can play these battles on a handheld device and they still look serviceable it's just that you're going to have a serious lack of quality look to the crypt section speaking of a serious lack of quality with a k with a k <laughs> let's talk about uh some of the new levels that have been flooding into super smash brothers Uh-oh. ultimate right that's a nice swag- segue right yeah i'm yeah. rusty with segues no, it's a very good. strange sort of quality yeah mm-hmm. uh so for those of you who don't know, we talked about it last week as because it was just revealed, but Super Smash Bros. Ultimate did get a level editor last week, mm-hmm. uh, which hooks into a the phone app, the Nintendo app or whatever, so you can look through levels on your phone. You can also look through shared levels on the Switch itself, and you can make levels and share them, and hey, guess what? People are taking advantage of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you guys remember why, uh, why Swap Note shut down and why the Miiverse is dead? Because people were being... We're being real idiots. Body. I, well, I've said this for years now, but I truly believe that, uh, like, hum- humans as a species, when given the option to create, make two things, and it's either <laughs> World 1-1 from Super Mario or the human penis. 
that's really where it goes every time. And or that's what butt. Here. Those cave yeah. drawings in France. It's yeah. actually World One World One One, and then the other thing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> as as you just made abundantly clear, mm-hmm. uh, the yeah, a lot of fallacies have shown up. Yeah. That said, that was kind of the first few days. I've been checking it occasionally on my phone and on my Switch, just kind of looking through some of the shared levels, and you don't really see that much immediately explicit Mm-mm. stuff anymore because there is a report button. You can easily report stuff, and, and I assume Nintendo is taking action and banning people that are just sort of trolling. There is just a lot of weird stuff on there. <laughs> like there's one, of, one of the most... Actually, the most... You get yas, right? If you want to yas something, it means you like it. Yeah. Uh, and then it goes to the top of the stage list. Uh the most yad thing is a stage that's just a box with the DVD logo bouncing around the screen. <laughs> you know my favorite that part is about the that? most liked <laughs> custom stage on the Super Smash. You that know why amazing. it's the most liked? The most, the best part about that level is that eventually the logo hits the corner. Exactly. Oh, yeah. baby! They knew what they were doing. Uh, That's then, really good. I actually of, haven't checked in on that app in a while. Yeah, one of, one of the other ones is uh, Kirby. It's Kirby has a gun with a question I'm mark. I'm like Kirby has a knife. There's Kirby with a knife, too. There's a lot of inappropriate Waluigis, mm. which I know a man after your own heart. I'm a fan. Yeah, it's I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Um, there's a Pokeball stage. There's a Squidward stage. But then, like you said, there's people are weird. Yeah. We just get inside the minds of weird children. Mm-hmm. Is that a Katamari? And, yeah. Oh. It's a lot of, and, this and one is be... just called June's Food Court. And it's, just like, <laughs> it's just like a restaurant from a, a mall food court. That, and then there's Do the Mario, which is like this weird like quadruple chinned Mario. It's a lot of. Weird I thought there was a good one of a. a there's a of Phoenix Gan- right one where he's just pointing. Like oh, there's yeah. a lot of great stuff here. There is. There was one I saw with Ganondorf, and it's just like uh, he's in the, the the background, and the foreground is his arm and his giant sword, and he just hiaz it in circles, and there's flames <laughs> on one edge. So you just find on a rotating flaming stage with this giant sword. Well, yeah, there's a lot of that too. There's a lot of people recreating Tetris, but blocks are falling that are just on fire. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> things I think like what, that. I think what is like sort of inherently uh, driving a, a lot of the sort of humor here, or the uh, nuance or lack thereof, is that this is essentially MS Paint that yeah. you can fight on. Yeah. yeah. Like the 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 way the way these levels look and the way they animate and the way they're they're very crude and the texture work is very crude and people are making amazing things. Yeah. Like not to not to just only sort of highlight the fallacies, <laughs> weird <laughs> sentence, but people are making amazing things. Like there are like fully animated stages. There are things that are uh, like incredible drawings. Someone's remade the uh, the intro to uh, 64 with yeah. the little desk. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. They remade and, that air, that stage. Yeah, somebody made that's like one of the more popular ones too. Is like the the desk stage from 64 is there, or that entire intro is there. Um, people are doing really cool stuff, and that's what I love. The game design inherently. Uh, or at least historically, was based on limitations and then fighting through those limitations to make uh, beautiful art. You know, that's like, it's the reason Mario has a mustache is because when he just had a nose and they try to put him out there, it didn't read, so they give him a mustache and he just has one forever. Um, So that's awesome. That's really cool. That said, like, people are jumping into this. They're making really crude things. They're clicking a button and they're uploading it and we all have to look at them on our phones. Yeah. And that's really funny, too. The the thing that is tricky to me is that I wish that there was a way to say this is a funny level and then this is a actually good level to fight on. Yeah. I mm. wish there was a distinction between those two because the top list is it's hard to find custom stages where if you're like I want to shake up my roster of like what we're playing on because mm-hmm. 100 and 
15 or whatever isn't enough. Just not enough. <laughs> um, yeah. There... I wish that there was a little bit of a distinction between like, man, this is a really funny stage and hey, this is actually like someone put a lot of time you're, into this. Yeah. And... You're totally right. There's no there's no categories right now, especially when you look through the app. There's basically, it's just chaos. Yeah. <laughs> All just like stuff that looks like it would be a great stage and then stuff that isn't. There's um, also, um, sorry. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, there's there are some stages that aren't really meant to be stages so much as like displays. Yeah. Like someone, uh, some really cool ones I've seen where people will take videos of them doing amazing combos while teleporting through different parts of the stage, and it looks like a Dragon Ball Z fight. Like <laughs> he smashes them into there, he goes through a portal, he jumps into a portal too, he comes down the top and he hits them downward into another portal and then reappears somewhere else to hit him, and it's like this crazy like yep. Rude Goldberg com- combo machine, and it mm. looks amazing. But it's not practical. It's just right. cool for that one thing. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of like a lot of the stuff that was like spinning out of Mario Maker, mm-hmm. where people were making like these horrible death traps that weren't necessarily fun to play, but if you got the rhythm of them down, it it made an amazing video. Yeah. yeah. But like if you sat down to play the level itself, you'd be like, oh, this is not fun. <laughs> right. But the, the creator sits down to play it, and he's like, well, here's how you hit every note, and it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. I saw a lot of people are doing a lot of like Ring of Fire levels, yeah. which um, causes super damage and also bounces you around like crazy so these two characters will start on like a tiny ledge and then just kind of ping pong around for 14 minutes until one of them explodes <laughs> which is great i love that i'm all for that yep. uh there's also a quick shout out i want to say there's a new or a thing that's coming back actually i think it was was it brawl that had the stage editor or just the wii u it version? was brawl yeah yeah no wait you know, no, sorry no, wii the wii version which we had the last stage editor a thing came up called smash get ball that a couple people are into which is you build these stages that have basically hoops with warps in them and you try to like get into the the who it's 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 a pretty cool thing so look up smash smash get ball because you can find some cool stages for that as yep. well sweet that does bring a good point is that the search function i do like yeah uh yeah it could be better but i do like how they have you can just search by name if someone says oh i made a cool stage for this or if you want to if you just want to find stages with like spongebob there you go there are a lot <laughs> there are a lot there are a lot of spongebob stages for some reason which i'm all for yeah, I tweeted out four the other day. Um, one was called Mario Pissing, which is saw that apparently one. based on like a, a popular meme video. Yep. Um, it's terrifying because it looks like he's wearing like a glove and he has no shorts on. Another one is Scorcher, which is one of the aforementioned shapes we described earlier. This uh-huh. one shooting something bad. Then there's Abe Lincoln Dies, <laughs> which is like basically him at... I think he's going to see Castlevania the movie. <laughs> and then there's potatoes, which is just a big chef and a giant bowl of potatoes, which looks like a pot of gold under a rainbow. Um, I love uh, it. And so all of just that's really just shows sort of the, you know, the just the real. Just the who knows. Yeah, just I really whatever like, you could get. <laughs> I really like the animated feature that they had for this, like to have staged objects move around. Yeah. yeah. Like it just adds so much more flavor than the original stage builder had, mm-hmm. and I, I, I do want to see the really cool creations that come out, just not so much of the creepy ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think a lot of what's driving all this craziness is that it's a nice suite of features, right? Yep. It's a it's a pretty good stage builder, and it's it's cool to see that. Let's move on to some news because there is a lot of news, oh and I want to get through some of it. Uh, the first thing I want to start with is a Bloomberg report that came out. So exciting! I think just yesterday. Yeah. Uh, part of that report was news that broke. Earlier, like la- earlier in the week, end of last week, from mm-hmm. I think it was Fortune, which is that Nintendo is working with Tencent actually to mm-hmm. start selling Switches in China, which is tremendously gigantic. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge deal. Well, why, why is it a huge deal? Well, I mean, it's like the largest growing economy in the world, and mm-hmm. uh, I believe Nintendo's been trying to get back into China for like years and years and years. 
and it just was never happening. And now, like, I mean, like, not only is this economically going to be huge for Nintendo, like, this is politically mm. huge for Nintendo as right. well. If you look at their their history of sort of trying to delve in this market, it's been really interesting. They specifically made that thing called the IQ. Do you guys know about that? Yes. Yeah, it's it's basically a, like a round N64 controller that had ROMs loaded into it um, to sell a sort of plug-and-play system to the Chinese market uh, in lieu of the fact that piracy is so rampant there and that selling a traditional console basically meant that they would just like Get cut out of all the game sales, and so this thing circumvented that. But yeah, and it was licensed like, to a Chinese company. Yeah, yeah, and it had stuff like Mario sixty four on it and a couple of oh, other games. Right, we right. talked about that on the show like a year or two. Yeah, yeah, it's a super interesting sort of relic, uh, and you maybe can dig one up on eBay or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a it's a tough market to crack into because they sort of have much more uh, lax approach to purchasing things legally for lack of a better term <laughs> and it's important to note uh i think their stock rose like 13 percent oh when yeah they yep. made this announcement but it's important to note this hasn't happened yet this yeah. has not been approved yet it's still going through regulation stuff uh apparently according to the bloomberg report industry analysts expect it to go through and start being sold in china by the end of the year mm. but that's not a hundred percent yet so we'll still have to see if it maybe gets caught up in something or just goes through isn't it wild to think that they don't sell the thing that's made in the country it's made in yep. in the country. When you put it like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the other part of this Bloomberg report that's kind of the bigger immediate news is uh, kind of further sources uh, talking about the new models of Switch that might be coming. And I'm just yeah. going to read this quote out from Bloomberg. Uh, you should go to their site and check out the whole story. Uh, but they say, growth in the current period will get a boost from the launch of a new, cheaper version of the Switch, according to two people or people familiar with the matter who requested anonymity to discuss private plans, which is stuff we've been hearing already. Right, right? Yeah. Like, we've heard that rumor already. We're, we're hearing it uh, a lot. Yes. To the point where it's, like, kind of, you can't ignore it anymore. Yeah, and the new bit of, the nugget of new info here is the new device will likely be launched by the end of June, mm -hmm. according to one of the crazy. people. Which is crazy. Yep. Let two months away. I thought yeah. I misheard. I was like, oh, when we were talking about it this morning, I was like, oh, they must mean it's going to be announced officially right. yeah. in June. Yeah. So it's going to airdrop into the E3 Coliseum. <laughs> well, by, this the, is by the end of June could mean an E3 announcement with a release within a couple weeks. Yep. We don't. It could mean it comes out at E3. We don't yeah. really know. Um, by the time like this show goes out, uh, Nintendo is going to have its fiscal earnings like call, which is whatever yes. our time. So like they might just be like, oh, by the way. Good news, stockholders. We're <laughs> making a new Switch. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see why they would sort of downplay an announcement like that in the meantime because it's uh, sort of sacrificial to anybody on the fence for buying a Switch right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's always the sort of ebb and flow of the games industry and you know, launching mid-generation mid revisions and such because you put yourself at a risk of saying like, well, we could get three hundred dollars out of somebody today, yeah, right. Or we could have these rumors permeate where somebody goes, "I'm going to wait until June. I'm going to wait until July. I'm going to wait until August. Right. I'm going to wait until Christmas till a price drop." And ultimately, video games are a business, and yeah. Nintendo wants to sell Switches. So. What's kind of crazy is that uh, the Nintendo Switch is still like if you go to the best-selling computer video game stuff, the non-discounted vanilla Nintendo Switch is the top-selling like video game console. Period. Yeah. Like, and no reduction in price. At three hundred dollars, people are still like, "Yes, give it to me." You yep. mean like currently? Like currently, yeah. right now. So there's not even like, I, if there's a cheaper one, it's gonna sell like even 
more. Right. Million, billion. Uh, and again, these are just sources from people who know, and they're not confirmed, but like Brian said, it's gotten a lot of sources. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of different sources yeah. from a lot of different places and a lot of different people. It's starting to feel more and more like it's going to be a thing. And I think one of the things we keep hearing is that it, this this there's that sort of split rumor of like, there's two new SKUs, and one of them is the sort of like simplified Switch Mini or whatever, right. Switch Lite. Switch then, 2DS. Yeah, I swear. Exactly. If they call it the new Nintendo Switch, I will destroy something. <laughs> Get ready to destroy something. That seems on brand for them. Um, yeah, I, I imagine it's going to be the branding will be confusing. Yep. yep. Like that's they they have been they they are a whimsical toy company that is also hell bent on driving <laughs> GameStop employees insane. So, if I may, the end of that Bloomberg paragraph actually goes on to say the existing switch will receive a modest upgrade this year though a more powerful version is not in the works the people said their sources said so we talked previously on nvc about this idea that you know what if they do a new 3ds version of the switch and then it splits of like oh it's got more powerful hardware so some games can't take advantage of it and others do and how do you communicate that this report is essentially saying that's not the case yeah they're going to be doing this cheaper switch whatever it is and then just the normal switch but with maybe some sort of little upgrade here now with 64 gigabytes of right. internal like, storage like it could be something as simple as yeah. that yeah right it maybe we should change our expectations from being these yeah two actually different i was just joking around but that entirely possible like now with 256 gig because it could be the price of that, that yeah has come down enormously do you mean like a like internal memory yeah or internal like memory or like yeah because an SD card, I mean, SD cards, 400 gig SD cards are dropped down at $65, yep. there, which is crazy because they right. were they were three or four times that when the Switch first launched. Yep. And yeah, I remember being nuts. like, should I get one of these? And I'm <laughs> glad I waited. I, you know, moved stuff around the fridge, as they say, on my card for a while. But yeah, I think that like um, bundling a game digitally, adding in a, a bigger memory card, maybe even throwing something cool like a Joy-Con with a D-pad on it, mm. something like that that isn't... a entire relaunch of the system that doesn't necessarily make uh, early adopters feel like like a sting for right. not being there mm-hmm. um that said i think a mini switch is far more interesting to me uh because i think that like if if it doesn't communicate with your television or if it doesn't have joy cons and pop that pop off and stuff like that um that inherently goes against the ideology of the console handheld hybrid and also the literal name of it yeah right <laughs> right the nintendo right. stay yeah <laughs> right like i really truly believe that there will the be switch a Go smaller more rugged switch you'll still be able to play it on tv it'll be aimed sort of like the 2ds was to kids and they're going to throw pokemon in there because right. there's going to be a lot of people buying switch for the first time for yep. their kids and who wants to spend 300 dollars if you have two kids like i do mm-hmm. on two different switches so the kids can have their shield and their sword it's it's interesting you say. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> it's interesting true. you say Pokemon. Uh, a question from the Facebook NBC forum group. Uh, Stephen Alfieri asks, "Do you think the Pocket version of the Switch or whatever it's going to be uh, will coincide with an Animal Crossing launch on Switch?" Mm. So yeah, the those, Pocket those version are... will have Animal Crossing Pocket. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the theory, right? Or that's that's come up a couple times, and we have no sources or any reason to think this beyond speculation. But like the idea that they would bundle it with a Pokemon or an Animal Crossing seems. Like, yeah. it just makes sense. It, mm-hmm. it, it's, like, hard to understate how large that fan base of Animal Crossing transcends the traditional core gamer metric. Mm. Like, the amount of people, uh, even with the with the new 3DS and the swappable faceplates and all that kind of stuff, that that is a, that is a gigantic system-selling franchise. And I think a lot of, like, core gamers, hardcore gamers, they're just, like, 
they kind of look at it and they're like, oh, it's not really for me. I don't really get it, which is fine. You're missing out on one of the best video game franchises of all time <laughs> and building a house and getting your own bed and such and making friends with the animals in town. Paying a lot of land. <laughs> yeah. Getting extorted. It's a great debt simulator. Chopping down the trees. Going to people's town and trading coconuts is a blast. Stung by um, bees. Getting stung by bees is a really good thing. Picking chickens Killing out of your town because yeah. they don't belong there. Games are great, you guys. You're really, <laughs> Falling like, in holes. I get it. There's no, there's no guns. <laughs> Yet, but it's a great franchise. Yeah. Um, they added one to Kirby. Who yeah. knows? But no, this is one of those like big and Pokemon steals all the thunder, right? Because there's like toys and there's movies and it's all this other stuff. But Animal Crossing is a tremendously large franchise, mm. and I, it transcends core gamers. And I think it's a system seller. And I think pairing that with a Switch Mini or something that's sort of just like here's here's how you can play the new Animal Crossing game without spending three hundred dollars is huge. Yeah, and I don't think you necessarily need to have the the Joy Cons pop on and off for that. Like, right. Yeah. We uh, there's not not a huge amount of other news. I wanted to run, run through some smaller things. Uh, Starlink Battle for Atlas is getting its new Star Fox DLC on April 30th. That finally got a release date. Uh, it'll be twelve dollars. It's gonna add Slippy, Peppy, and Falco as playable that characters. Poor game. That's a great game. It's, it's always on game. sale. I yeah. highly recommend everyone pick it up. Yeah, yeah you so can get the physical version for that game for twenty five bucks. Because yeah, there's even less. <laughs> it was they're not making the with other day. R wings and everything. You could get a yeah. new Switch with the with an accessory and the Starlink Battle. Uh, Star Fox starter set for $309 two days ago. God, wow. So $9, basically, you got this like really super fun game with an incredible little collectible. Yeah, so if that DLC sounds expensive, that DLC digitally is probably more money than physically the game will be if <laughs> yeah. you check those places. <laughs> yeah. So like, buying them all at the same time is a great deal and probably the closest you're going to get to getting a really, truly awesome Star Fox game for a while. Yeah. Uh, another thing that's very small, Doraemon Story of Seasons was announced for the West. It's coming this autumn. If you guys don't know, Story of Seasons is what Harvest Moon became. So there oh, have been, yeah. There have been two Story of Seasons games. I reviewed, and they are, I think I reviewed one of those for 3DS. <laughs> I think it was, there was just Story of Seasons and then I think Trio of Towns. That's was, the one. Yeah. That was a very charming <laughs> and, little game. Yeah, and they were both, they were both like in the sevens that, range, yep, right? Yep, I think like I gave it a 7.5. It's yeah. just a fun They're good little play. It's what Harvest Moon has become. Good to know. Doraemon, ob- the blue robot cat anime creature, yep. is, is like a licensed version of Harvest Moon, pretty much, which is kind of weird and cool, and it's cool that it's coming to the West. So it's End like a that. farm run by a robot cat? Yep. You play as the kid. Just like and I think uh, back in old times. Just, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, the good old days. <laughs> Uh, another thing that's real small, not in games, but hey, uh, first detec- Detective Pikachu. People saw Detective Pikachu. They did a premiere, and s- people seem to be liking it. Mm-hmm. We're not yep. going to talk about spoilers or anything. But Will it's this like, be the best video game movie? That's what some people are saying. Is like, no way, like really? a pretty good video game movie. Yeah, like it sounds like it's getting well-received, which is just nice and exciting. Uh, yeah. Just wanted to touch on that. Uh, and finally, some uh, lighter news. Duck Hunt turned 35 last Sunday, wow. which is really, really cool. Shouldn't that dog be dead by now? I mean... He lives on Forever Many and times Smash. over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, as uh, Seth alluded to uh, earlier, there's a Nintendo fiscal year end of the year call tonight after yes. we're recording this on Wednesday. So that was on, when- on Wednesday night. And then also, whatever P5S, Persona 5S is, is getting revealed Thursday morning. So right before the podcast goes up. Right. But good news. Uh, we're actually going to cut right now to <gasps> me and you guys aren't. Stay here. Oh. But we're going to do, me and Casey are going to do a little pickup and talk about what gets announced because now that we know Nintendo's going to scoop us, we can prep for it oh, and cool. actually prepare. So we're going to be right back to talk about those things and then we'll be back in the past. So don't go. <gasps> Hello, everybody. Tom and Zach from the future here. Back from the past, Tom, not Casey. Uh, I lied. I forgot to mention earlier in the show, Casey's just really busy with stuff, so I was taking over for hosting, and again, is really busy with stuff, so Zach is taking over for 
the the pickup we're doing. We don't Correct. usually do these because we always get scooped on something. I think There's moving forward, news. I, I, I don't know why we haven't considered this before, but I think we should always hold five minutes the morning <laughs> after we record for Nintendo News because it always seems to be the case that we miss something huge. Um, we, we You joked about it yesterday in the episode, but yeah, we did. We missed a couple of things that we wanted to talk about, so go well, ahead. Well, yesterday, too, I was like, they're not going to scoop us this time, and then there was like stuff we weren't expecting that came out anyway. Hubris, so, my dude. Let's get into that, because we don't yeah. have much time, and I want to just dig into it. The first thing that came out literally five minutes after we hit the record button on the show was mm -hmm. uh, Super Mario Maker 2 got yes. a release date. It's uh, June 28th. Correct. That's exciting. It's yeah. Soon, probably sooner than I was expecting. Uh, I don't know. They, they've been talking about summer for their release, mm -hmm. so uh, they always tend to release something around E3. Uh, you know, 2017, it was Splatoon 2 came out just before or just after E3. I can't remember which, mm -hmm. um, but it, it kind of makes sense to me that they would have something. That means that they'll show a pretty extensive build at E3, yeah. let people go hands-on, um, and that I don't think that that will be their big showcase piece, but similar to the way that... that um, Smash Brothers was their big game last year, and then Pokemon Let's Go was kind of their secondary thing and had, you know, a bunch of kiosks set up on the show floor and stuff. Right. Like, I think there will be some game that will be there as their big thing, and then probably Mario Maker 2 as, like, their second. I'm excited to play that. I'm excited, Me too. I'm excited that it is. it has a date. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is a tangible thing now. Enjoyed the first Mario Maker. Uh, didn't stick with it super long, but I love all of the, the UGC that comes out of that game and the levels that are, like, sanctioned by folks and upvoted and it's really cool to, to check that kind of stuff out so yeah, yeah. An another thing that came up uh is mario kart tour has a beta or is going to have a beta and it has signups for if you're in the u.s or japan on an android phone on android yeah you can go to mariokartour.com and sign up for the beta the beta actually will run from may 22nd to june 4th which kind of gives us an indication of maybe it's coming in june that'd be cool full game yeah uh we'll have to see but again another thing that i'm glad has a date and or at least we're getting a more tangible sort of uh feeling of uh this stuff came out ahead of nintendo's year-end earning calls mm -hmm. which there was less news than we were expecting to come out of the the main thing was we heard that the switch has now surpassed the n64 in total lifetime sales wonderful which is crazy to that think is crazy about. yeah uh and the other thing is uh anybody who's listening to the show would have just heard me be like maybe they're gonna show that little switch like the cheaper switch at e3 they straight up said, we're not showing hardware at E3. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they're not showing hardware before or after E3. Correct. It just means that they're not going to, that's not going to be the focus of their show. They're not going to be showing that stuff. So if we do get a cheaper Switch or some sort of redesign, it's probably going to be something standalone from that. Yeah. Game. I mean, the, the redesign itself is, is big news. But I'm not even sure that it warrants like a direct. You know right. what I mean? Like to me, that's that's a press release. Like, hey, congratulations! Now there are two new versions of the Switch. One does this, and one does this. If the Switch Pro, as people are kind of ref referring to it now, is something that is crazy powerful, like much more powerful, which I don't think it will be. Yeah. Um. Then maybe I can see a, a bit more marketing push behind it. But as of right now, it seems to me like they'll probably issue, you know, e either a very short. Like tour video or like a press release because I don't necessarily think that it's going to be like a big. 
to do. And so. that's something that we talked about, too, because the Bloomberg report, one of the, the sources said that it would be a modest upgrade right. or whatever that is. And I yeah. think th- you're I think exactly it's probably right. just it a faster chipset and a better battery life. And yeah. Or we were talking to Seth, Seth was saying, what if it's just like a bigger hard, like a memory card? Right? That'd be cool, too. <laughs> yeah, just like just an internal simple. memory. Yeah, that'd be. Yeah. Uh, the final piece of news that's going to break everyone's heart. Uh, Persona 5S <laughs> was officially revealed. Whoa, man. Uh, Persona 5S was officially revealed. It's called Persona 5 Scramble the Phantom Strikers, and it is coming to Switch, but it is not a Persona 5 port. It, it is, is a Muso game. Yes, it is a standalone game made with te- Koei Tecmo. Yeah, in the vein of uh, Hyrule Warriors, Fire Emblem Warriors, and Fire Emblem right. Warriors. So you're getting out there as Joker and Morgana and on and just messing up a bunch of like monsters and demons. <laughs> I don't know. It, I'm not a Muso guy. There are plenty of people out there that love these games and play them all religiously, and that's great. But I think Tom probably said it best this morning when he said that it would have been less offensive if they would have just come out and said that Persona 5 is not coming to Switch than to have all this build up and then be like, actually, it's this game that nobody asked for. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm being overly harsh, but it is disappointing because I love Persona 5 and I thought that was going to be a game that I could play on the go. Yeah, but. I'm excited. I, I'm looking forward to this game, Persona mm-hmm. 5 Scramble. And a fun little fact, the crossing at Shibuya that is so yeah. iconic is called the Shibuya Scramble. And so oh. I think that's maybe where That's funny. I've only ever heard it referred to as Shibuya Crossing. I, I think that's just like a colloquial sort of nickname for it. Cool. Uh, so the, I'm looking forward to this, yeah. but I agree. It's a little disappointing. And furthermore... I think this kind of is the nail in the coffin. I think that we're not going to get Persona 5 on Switch. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think if we do, it will be years away, and it will be that they just started going, oh man, people seem to really like that. I mean, it was always a long shot because mainstay Persona entries have always been Sony properties. Yeah. Not necessarily even even first party or third party like relationship-wise, but it's always been a case of like, Sony has put money behind those mm-hmm. those games and those have come relatively exclusively to PlayStation platforms. And as Jonathan said, beyond Joker being in Smash, pretty much all of the, oh, maybe it's going to come to Switch, just came from people being like, I hope it comes to Switch, exactly. right? Like, there wasn't some sort of substantiated... Uh, sources from multiple people like the way that we have with the hardware for the Switch. Right. So it's disappointing. I think it probably means don't hold your breath for Persona 5 on Switch overall, Um, which also means that we're going to cut back to past Tom, who's about to disappoint you with something he's about to say. So stick around for the rest of the show. Hey, we're back. Okay, so hopefully Persona 5 just got announced for Switch. We don't actually know yet, but who knows? If it didn't, sorry, I'm breaking all your hearts again. Uh, But let's talk about what came out this week, because a couple of things came out that uh, are actually a lot came out this week. Uh, most importantly of any of the the releases this week was Ding Dong XL. Yes, right. finally. This mm-hmm. is a game that has come up on GameScoop. It has come up in the NBC forums like crazy. Mm-hmm. It's a simple one-button game for $1. The IGN logo is a playable character in it. Collusion. <laughs> With a K. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a very cute little thing. Go check that out. Uh, a couple others, Dragon Dogma, Dark, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen came out on April 23rd for $30. Mortal Kombat 11, obviously we talked about, that came out on the 23rd. Uh, is 60, SteamWorld Quest is coming out the day this podcast airs on the 25th for 25 Picross S3 also comes out on the 25th, which I'm very excited about. That'll be 10 And then the day after, uh, on Friday, Box Boy and Box Girl on April 26th for $10 as well. Very excited for that. Uh, There's a demo for that game out right now if you guys haven't checked it. Yeah. And uh, 
another kind of honorable mention of a release, which we're not going to have time to play. I'm sorry we can't talk about it today. But uh, the Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild VR updates are also coming out on the 25th. Yep. Uh, so this the Thursday that this is airing, and we're gonna hopefully be able to play those and tell you about it the next time. Side note: I built I built the Labo gun over the weekend. Okay, yeah. Have you built that thing? No, not it yet. It is an amazing <laughs> like it is basically a like a an action featured super scope made out of oh, cardboard. Cool. Like it actually Goodness. like cocks back and clicks and it has a trigger and pops forward. Like there's oh. multiple rubber bands doing all this work in there. Um, it's got this first person shooter sort of tethered to it where you shoot aliens and you can see down the barrel of your gun. It is like it is a really charming take on on VR. Like I don't really only mess with the headset so far. Do you think they'll ever make a, a cardboard bow for Zelda VR? I think so. I yeah yeah definitely yeah for sure. <laughs> it's confirmed already. Uh, They're already working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that would be that actually be great because if it had like an elastic thing, you could actually just shoot Joy-Con with I it. I know. Yeah, yeah. shoot yeah, Joy-Cons at people. Are you guys going to check out um, Zelda in VR? Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. I, my plan is actually to build a head strap for it and <laughs> just see if I can do it. See, that I'm not way. an engineer, so I'll just plant my face against a wall. Oh, that's a really good idea. You could also there- just you could duct tape. Wasn't there a picture of you like lying yeah, on the ground on the with floor. it resting on your face? That's that's my version one experiment. Mm-hmm. I can move on to the wall and then the ceiling. It's hard to look around when you do that. So just uh, get like true. a movable wall. Go to the carnival. Get on the Gravitron. <laughs> Stick that baby right there. That's the perfect way to do <laughs> it. Just go in a yeah. wind tunnel. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because I know we have a lot of really great questions. I put out a call in the NBC forums to to see if anybody had questions. We got a lot of good ones, so I want to address some of those. But has anyone been playing anything uh, cool, Seth? I know you had a cool story, man, that I wanted to, I wanted to hear you tell. Played Zelda two and a beat it for the first time in my life, <laughs> and it's like how save states. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> this was on the arguing. NES app, I assume. This was yeah, this mm-hmm. was the uh, the online app, and I was like, oh okay, I'm going to do this now. It's like one of the first Nintendo NES games that I ever played. Like it was the, I, it gave me a blister from playing it. Like we, you know, that was back when you'd rent a game, you'd have it for two days, and you'd be like, I hope I can beat this. Yeah, it's impossible. You can't beat Zelda two in two days. Nobody can. Well, that's not true. Somebody can. Somebody, not me. <laughs> and I use save states. Not I me. beat it, and I like, I let out like a guttural scream, like ah, yes, when yep. I finally, when I finally beat that game, and I wouldn't have done it if it had not been for save states because it's very hard and it's kind of frustrating because it's very old school when you die. You go all the way back to the beginning. You have to walk all through the whole map, and all mm-hmm. the bad guys throw rocks at you. And Ganon laughs at you. It's 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 very Ganon demeaning. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think like I, that's, I actually really love that game. I always have. Um, it's uh, very different than the other Zelda games. Oh yeah. Not, not only because it's like an a side scrolling. It's it's almost sort of got this like Sekiro element to it where <laughs> yep. you're, which you're, is, yeah. you're parrying and blocking and all this other crazy stuff. But also like it is um, uh, sort of distinctly obtuse in a lot of ways. There's oh a lot God, of misdirection yeah. in that game. There's a lot of very sprawling temples that have dead ends and uh, the entire uh, sort of like Death Mountain area in that game oh, is it worse is a hell labyrinth <laughs> and there's one specific way through it which is I yep. think basically just sticking to all the right. Yep. Yeah, and so Spoilers. if you don't, yeah, I know. Sorry, it's no, 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 no. That's a tip. It, it, it's a good tip. That's a cheat code. Check out the IGN wikis. Um, <laughs> if you go, if you go left or down or anything like that, you just die a thousand yeah. times, and yep. like these ghoul, like just awful monsters and lizard men kill you. Yeah, and this was that's a game made for Nintendo hotlines. Yeah. Yes. Like, oh my god. Yeah. That's like putting uh, a like a, a test, like a Scantron test, where every answer is B. Where you're mm-hmm. like going right, surely it can't be right again. You go down, you die. You're like, ah, oh, I guess it was. You go right, and you're like, 
can't be right again. Yeah. Can it at a certain point? It's also yeah. like everyone in this game, every human NPC feels cursed, mm-hmm. and they all can only speak to you in the amount of text that can fit in one box. So they're always just like, <laughs> shoe is good. Yeah. And someone is like, bat is poison for health. And you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I am Palace to the mind. corner of rock. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I am error came from. Because yep. it's just, you meet this man in the forest who's just like, I am error. And you're like, are you okay? <laughs> Like, did you eat your dog? Like, <laughs> what do you do here? What's going on? Um, it's a really weird. It's almost scary too. It is. It scared like the hell out of me as a kid. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's like, it's a very creepy game. Um, it's the first time you fight Shadow Link, I believe. It has like mm-hmm. RPG elements. Yeah. You have to level up, and it is ruthless. Yeah. I suggest anybody playing this game for the first time, you have to grind a lot at the beginning. Yep. Um, and there's like specific ways to do that, but like, get none of them are fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, grind a lot, and then up, up, up all your health. Uh, do everything you can. Up your attack. All that fun stuff. And mm-hmm. and then and then go beat. Beat some dungeons and temples. And <laughs> get a wiki. Yeah. Use save states. Get whatever mad. you do, get through it. Yeah, use the save states. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You cheated yourself. No, I did not. <laughs> I am rewarded by beating it. Sad that you can't tell the difference. <laughs> uh, does anybody else play anything notable that they want to shout out? I um, was really into Katana Zero, but... Uh, oh, yeah, me too. That yeah. game's real fun. Yep, go check that out if you haven't. I've been um, replaying uh, Shadows of Valentia on the 3DS Fire Emblem game. Oh, cool. Uh, just because I'm... Preparing for the next Fire Emblem game, mm. finally go back to consoles. Yeah, and I actually heard uh, from Famitsu that they're bringing back some uh, certain features, like the Milla's Time Wheel, that lets you rewind time when you made a mistake instead of having Yay! to just restart the entire <laughs> chapter. Which we all love saying, like, "Oh, I'm going to reset as soon as someone dies," but that can sometimes take a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> so having that little oopsie mistake, just like once or twice. I like that. You don't have to adhere to it if you don't want to. That's what scared me about. I've never really gotten into that series because I'm always like, oh, it's just too too Mm anxiety-inducing. I spent like a week in Radiant Dawn on one chapter because I kept dying at the end. I'm just like, one person died. Like, nope, restart, (laughs) do it again. Yeah, I I appreciate that. I I think that I like a lot how brutal Fire Emblem is because that that permadeath really makes you care about your characters and makes you not want to just rush into battle. I think that's right. really really important. Mm-hmm. But just that little bit of forgiveness yeah, is yeah. I don't just think having so like helpful. two or three little tries is not going to diminish the intensity of I have to not yeah get people killed exactly. <laughs> Uh, one thing I'll, I really men- really quick mention because the embargo for this actually just went up before this airs. Uh, I played Box Boy and Box Girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been playing that on my Switch and I'm liking it, but I'm maybe not overly in love I'm with it. I'm liking it. Yeah, uh, I, I I think it's a really fun game. Granted, I didn't really play the other Box Boy games, but uh, so you you're not caught up. On the on the plot the story, the Fox <laughs> cinematic universe. All I know is that Pear Pear was always talking about how it's always black and white, and uh, this game literally starts with everything green and blue and lovely, yep. and then a meteor hits and it all turns to black, and you're like, where'd the green go? Well, yeah, the Russo brothers said this was the beginning of Phase Four. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, I, yeah, I, I like it. It just feels it feels very easy so far. And one of the things, how's Sam, the co-op stuff? The co-op stuff's actually really really cool. It breaks the game entirely. Ooh, fun. Uh, because you can do things, spoilers, but you can do things where if you need to get across a gap, let's say, uh, you can have one person extend out blocks but not let go of the button and then have somebody climb across the gap and then they pull the blocks back in and then the other person extends for you and you get across and you haven't used any blocks in the way the game calculates it. So me and my girlfriend have been playing and it'll be like the best metal that you can get on a level will be like use less than 40 blocks. Can you do that? And we'll get like 19 
because oh. we use this just exploit that it doesn't feel like the game planned for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it feels pretty simple and easy to me, but Sam and Pear were both saying that box boy games usually start that way and then get really, really fun and challenging and hard as you get deeper into them. So I'm not very far. Uh, I like it. It seems very well put together, and I it feels pretty fully featured, which I'm happy about, but I, I need to play more of it before I'm overly sold. But it's my kind of game, so I'm going to play more of it. <laughs> Uh, let's take some questions. All right. Part of question block. All right. Uh, the first one, I'm, I'm really glad this was asked. Uh, Jack Windsor asked, if Brian is with you, can he do his pair impression again? <laughs> hello. <laughs> so Pear told me that he was watching the episode where you did the hello, or he was listening to it in his car, and he thought he put on the wrong episode because he thought <laughs> it was himself, which is maybe the best compliment you could get on that. Uh, another question, Lon or Lan from Montreal says, Hello, NBC. Let's say you were given the opportunity to revive a Nintendo franchise. Uh, what would it be? But there's a twist. To revive this franchise, you have to sacrifice and kill another franchise. What is wrong with these ultimatum questions yeah. we keep getting about these wizards and death? <laughs> <laughs> that said, what franchise would you bury to bring back another? And he says, I've been a follower of NBC since the very first day it existed. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you very What's, much. I'm trying to think about some like long, dormant Nintendo. Oh, okay. I actually have a good one. I would kill Fire Emblem because I don't care about it to bring Whoa. back Punch-Out. <gasps> yeah. Ooh, I'm with Brian. I couldn't live with that. Sorry. No. That's all right. Yeah, I've already I'd made the kill, call. The wizard's uh, already here. He's done. He's done the damage. <laughs> done his damage. Yeah. I'd kill. Um. I'd bring back. Does Banjo Kazooie count as a Nintendo? Nope. Oh, then I'm out. <laughs> I don't have anything. What about? Uh, I'd kill them all. What? That no. was it. That's all you had. Yeah. Banjo Kazooie. That was, that was my, my in my pocket. That was the only one I prepped. <laughs> oh. Well, how about I don't know. Bring, Land bring back Balloon Fight. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I know it's not only just Nintendo, but I remember having good memories of playing uh, Gauntlet Legends on GameCube. I want another Gauntlet mm. game. Yeah, me too. Okay, here, here's mine. I'd kill modern Yoshi games to bring back Yoshi's Island Yoshi games. I could live with that. I would kill the like super casual Yoshi game to bring back like the hardcore platformer that was Super Mario Yoshi. World 2. Right. Because those I'm games, those early games, I think were way more. Like I, I really like the the Yoshi games. I reviewed Crafted World, right? But man, I I really do miss the challenging platforming of those early ones. Yeah, I agree. Or that early one, I guess I should say. <laughs> uh, all right, another question. This is a longer one. Alex asks, uh, "Thank you for all your hard work you put in week after week to produce such a great, informative, and fun show." For some background, I am an active duty submarine officer in the U.S. Navy, having been on many underways for weeks. Uh, at a time and a six-month deployment. Uh, one of the things that my watch team loved to do after standing an eight-hour watch was take a little time to relax and play some Nintendo games together, Mario Kart 8 and Super Smash Bros. being the most popular on my boat. What about Steel Diver? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. With the announcement of Google Stadia, Ubisoft CEO Yves Gimmo predicting that the next console generation will be the last, and even Nintendo streaming Resident Evil 7 on Switch in Japan, I'm concerned with that the potential for a streaming-only future might mean for my fellow Submariners uh, and Armed Forces... For Armed Forces service members stationed overseas in combat zones and underdeveloped countries. Uh, I don't see internet service providers chomping at the bit to provide a great wireless connection underwater anytime soon. Hmm. Do you think Nintendo will go to streaming-only route anytime soon with future consoles, or will they continue to provide local downloadable options far into the future for those on the go? Thanks, and keep up the great work. This is a really good question. It is. Yeah. Ooh. No, I don't think... We're never going to have an all-streaming future. 
there's always going to be a way to like download it mm. and and take it with you. But at, at least, least not for Nintendo. Especially not for Nintendo. I mean, well, that's what I was going to ask because that's the question specifically too. Is with Nintendo, I think Nintendo is probably going to be the most resistant or the yeah, longest I mean, holdout because they're like, they here's do. our new system yeah. and. You can play games on cartridges again. Yeah. Remember those? They're awesome. Mm-hmm. And they I mean, taste terrible. I started this generation <laughs> thinking that Nintendo had no interest in VR. I was like, they, they, there's no reason for them to touch this. That won't happen this generation right. at all. And here we are. So uh, you never say never, right? But um, I do agree with you guys that I, I think it'll be a very, very long time. Um, and hopefully by that time, submarines have internet. Yes. <laughs> So you think you think that submarines will have internet before Nintendo goes yeah. to streaming only? Yeah. So yeah. the problem yeah. solves itself. Yeah, right. I think that like the <laughs> the submarine without internet is symbolic in this scenario of the world at large <laughs> that is not connected in the same way that some of the uh, you know more frivolously connected areas are in the universe, where you can connect anywhere. And people come to San Francisco and they're just like, oh, the future of tech, a tech hub. And it's like, well, this is not like how it is everywhere, you know? Right. Um, and so I think that like we we as a species need to look at internet as the same way we look at power and water and make that something that everybody has access to for better or worse because there's a lot of bad internet out there, <laughs> um, and that's that's something we should fix globally. And I think with that, all of the other things will come will come next. I don't think it'll we won't get into a situation where it's like an all streaming future is here, but you can't all stream everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. I think that like. Also, I think he needs to, you know, twist some arms up top and get some internet. On, yeah, rise on the up the ranks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't get an ad- the ad the admiral who was known for bringing internet to the <laughs> America's yeah, submarine internet of the sea. I'm not sure if that's an allocation problem, guys. There's what one problem mean? I'm thinking of, uh, like watching one of those old like submarine war movies. Like, okay, everyone needs to be quiet. Yep. Who's downloading Mario Kart 8 right now? Could you please turn off the internet? That's just showing up on radar. That's not how radar works. Anyway, moving on. Uh, that was a great question, so thank you very much for that, Alex. Uh, Jordan Van Horn asks, if you had to pick one indie character to make it onto the Smash Ultimate playable roster, who would it be? We have a good list of those. Oh, yeah? That I wrote. Uh, and I still stand by Shovel Knight. It's probably my number one pick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's already an assist trophy, so that sucks because he won't be a real, a real, a real man. <laughs> never say never. That's I'd true. like Meat Boy to show up. That would be a cool one. Yeah. I, but he doesn't... I guess he doesn't have many attacks. Like he'd just be real fast. Nobody would <laughs> like him. Would Undertale. He be, would he be tiny or would the, he be even like better? Yeah, he'd stuff. be extremely little, and he would just stick and slide down everybody, and then just explode. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and disgusting. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really good one. Brian, you got one. Uh, recently, I'd probably say uh, I, I, I say this every time, but Travis Touchdown mm. from No More Heroes. Um, I don't know if we can call that indie or not. Kind of. Kind it's of. indie enough. It's indie enough. Yeah. yeah, actually, we had Suda51 on Up at Noon, which we brought back this week. And yeah, I, asked yeah, him who he would, yeah, I asked him who he would get rid of in Smash Brothers to make room for Travis Touchdown. Because I think most people just ask him, do you want Travis Touchdown in Smash? And he's like, of course. And I was like, okay, what if you had to get rid of somebody? And he was like, <laughs> Luigi. <laughs> good which choice. All good answers. Uh, and finally, since it is, we're publishing this on Thursday, and another big thing is coming out on Thursday, which is Avengers Endgame. No spoilers, but uh, Ronnie Anthony asks, uh, which Nintendo character would best fit in with the Avengers? Oh, Samus. Easy. Captain Falcon. Whoa, that was both of you just had gut reactions on that. Yeah. Yeah. Samus and Captain Samus Falcon. Samus is the most badass character in all of Nintendo. Hmm. And Captain Falcon? 
Captain Falcon because Captain Falcon. Falcon punch. I still maintain that Captain Falcon doesn't make any sense. He's a race car driver. Doesn't, why why doesn't can he fight like that? He's also a bounty hunter who just happens to race for fun. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and he has a flaming fist, an eagle. Uh, probably. Does see? I'm I'm really bad at this game. I was gonna say, does Bayonetta count as a Nintendo character? No. Okay. Then well, I, sort of. I just don't know what a Nintendo Banjo character Kazooie. is. <laughs> you guys really, really shouldn't let me. Oh, Master Chief. King K. Rule. <laughs> Kratos. <laughs> With a K. Guys are the worst, and I'm ending the show because of that. Aww. Thank you very much, everybody, for calling in, uh, emailing in, writing in, whatever you did to, to get your questions to us. We appreciate them very much. If you want to watch NBC, you can do it wherever you're doing it right now. Uh, we have it on IGN.com or the NBC YouTube channel. You can join our podcast forums on Facebook if you just look up NBC Podcast Forum or Nintendo Voice Chat Podcast Forum. Uh, you can also find us on any service where you can listen to podcasts Thursdays at 3 p.m., I believe, Pacific Time. Pacific Time. Uh, and remember that NBC is the only place where you can get the thing with a K. <laughs> Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwein, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.